Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Dr. David Brad is a former United States Congressman from the state of Virginia, currently serving as Dean of the Business School at Liberty University. We had a chance to sit down with the former Congressman to discuss the state of the economy and where it may be heading. Here's a look. Dr. David Bratt, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. You bet. Great to be here. Thanks. Doctor, I want to ask you, how has the intrinsic nature of our economy developed uh, over the decades, especially yeah. with new industries emerging, and yeah. why does it matter? Yeah, well, good question. Uh, long, complex question. But we started off under federalism, right? The Federalist Papers, the founders, uh, we wanted 50 different unique state experiments uh, and you could develop as you wanted, uh, do productivity and business as you wanted uh, across 50 states and let, you know, let that competition uh, bring about great results for the whole country. And so that worked you know, for a couple hundred years. But in the last 50 years, uh, we've been centralizing again. Productivity over the last 50 years has gone straight downward trend. And uh, you, know, you can go look at these. And also the Federal Reserve's in the news now for inflation. Uh, but for the last 40 years, uh, the real interest rate, the federal funds rate, has been going down for 40 years straight down. So this is not a coincidence, right? These are three of the biggest uh, measures of human welfare and causes, right? And productivity is the cause of our uh, tremendous economic growth, right? So usually capital causes growth, human capital, education causes growth, technology. But total factor productivity, uh, capital will grow, but you'll... It, 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 uh, 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 you'll eventually hit kind of what's called a steady state in economics. So you'll hit diminishing returns, you'll level off. Total factor productivity is the innovation, creativity, technological way of thinking. That raises the whole curve. That's what made us rich. And that, unfortunately, has gone to zero right now. So the Fed has had 0% interest rates, 0% federal funds for about a decade. And they've cloaked the pain of going into debt 30 trillion. We haven't seen the true pain because you got 0% interest rates. Now, as the interest rates go up, we're going to learn our lessons. Uh, all that money was not free. Uh, and so you got the 30 trillion on the federal government side, 9 trillion on the, federal, uh, on the Federal Reserve System, right, on their balance sheets. That's a lot of stimulus. And now it's all coming to an end for real. I'm not making that up. It's all coming to an end. And we're going to see what does the real economy really look like? How much legs does it have? And I, I hate to report uh, the legs are weak. So you mentioned the Fed earlier, and uh, they just raised the rate by uh, three quarters of a percent. Um, what does this mean right now for the economy? Yeah, probably not much. Uh, the Fed's uh, walking a tight wire right now. That's the story, right? And so inflation is up eight or nine percent. Now we have what's called the everything bubble. They printed too much money for 10 years in a row. And so now the equity stocks are overvalued, bonds are overvalued, real estate's overvalued, commodities, you see every, commodities every night, the gas and uh, minerals, et cetera, are overvalued. And so the Fed right now, what's it mean for the economy? What the Fed is trying to do is not let that everything bubble that they've created pop. Uh, and so in the past, this has been called the Greenspan put. Uh, the Fed has always come to the rescue of Wall Street. They don't come to the rescue of the average person uh, sitting at home listening. They come to the rescue uh, for the banks uh, and the financial institutions that are too big to fail, right? That was the fancy phrase back in 08. And they've been doing it ever since. 
And so they're propping that up. And now I, I hate to report, but the, the, the new ongoing theory is probably uh, that after they bail out the banks again, they're going to run an ongoing target uh, of four to five percent interest rates. Uh, I mean, sorry, of inflation rates. Right. To, and why would they do that to pay off the debt? Because if you weaken the dollar, you're paying back debt with cheaper dollars. So they have to pay off $30 trillion somehow. They know they're not going to raise taxes. So you're anticipating another bailout? That, yep, a bailout. Uh, they're going to probably print some more money if things get dire, right? If we go into a hard crash, uh, then they'll end up having to print. That triggers inflation, right? So they're, they're going to be walking. We're going to be in this for a few years minimum. But it, it, there's no good story. Either you get Either you get a recession or you get runaway inflation. So when we start to see industries slowing down, is this related to policy or just holistic factors that are, are affecting these industries? Yeah, no, that's the uh, underlying economy, right? And so uh, it doesn't help things when you shut down the entire economy uh, and especially uh, kind of discriminate against small business, right? They let the big stay open, right? The big, you know, Walmarts and whatever. Uh, and the mom and pop shops back home uh, had to shut down due to COVID regulations. Uh, so we shut down the whole economy. That's being widely debated right now. People are starting to change positions on a lot of that. Uh, and so, uh, but now that things are coming back, they threw, you know, a $5 trillion spending bill for COVID at the economy to stimulate and give life back to those they shut down. But that's artificial, right? The, the government doesn't have money. They have to tax you to get your money and then they throw it out at the economy and they go into debt and they print money. And so they put in the huge stimulus, but now that is all pittering out. And so now, as I said in the last segment, we're gonna see what is the real economy, the underlying productive economy, right? Not the stock market, but making refrigerators and bicycles and toasters. What does that productive engine look like? And it's not gonna look pretty going forward. Dr. David Bratt, thank you. Great being with you, thank you. With some fascinating midterm primaries playing out last night and to find out what is on the ballot for voters heading into the midterms, here to discuss, we have New York Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Great to be with you. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Congresswoman, uh, there were some key primaries, as I, I'm sure you're aware, uh, last night in four states. What's your read as to how things uh, played out last night and how this might affect the fall midterms? I think one of the biggest messages that was sent to Joe Biden and the Democrats last night was Myra Flores uh, winning a seat that had historically been blue. In fact, Republicans hadn't flipped it for over a century. And it is an 85% Hispanic district. And Myra was able to flip this seat, uh, including a county in which Joe Biden won by 13%. This is a border community. People who are very upset with uh, the open border policy of this president that has allowed fentanyl, uh, people in the terrorist watch list, people who have been uh, criminally convicted and deported previously to re-enter our country. And I think that that was an astounding victory um, that really sent a strong message and shows you the indication uh, that immigrant communities across this country who follow the rules, who did things the right way, who respected our borders, I want to see those borders being controlled. They want to know, they believe the country should know who is coming and entering our nation, but also that they're upset with public safety issues, the lack of public safety in and around the border, 
um, and also in cities like New York. Uh, and we're going to see uh, that type of trend, I believe, in November. Immigrant communities that are fed up with the policies of the Democrats voting more in line with Republicans. For those reasons I mentioned, but also the fact that some of the things that the Democrats have proposed remind them of the reasons why they fled their homelands in the first place. They don't want to see those policies being adopted here in the United States of America. Congresswoman, um, two Los Angeles police officers were killed in the line of duty last night. We're seeing a record number of New York City police officers uh, retiring. Why do you think this, this you know, um, is, is happening? And what does it mean for some of these major cities like uh, New York, where you uh, represent? It's heartbreaking when a community loses a police officer who selflessly gave their life protecting their city that they love. Uh, in New York and in cities across America, unfortunately, some politicians continue to have an anti-police uh, sentiment and rhetoric. Uh, they continue to tie the hands of our law enforcement and make their jobs more difficult. Here in New York, for example, the Albany Democrats under Governor Kathy Hochul still to this day have not fixed the botch bail law that is releasing dangerous people every day back onto our streets. The mayor has asked for them to change the law to a minimum. Consider dangerousness. Consider if someone is a career criminal who has a dozen, two dozen, three dozen prior arrests. And they even refuse to do that. And then on top of it, when you see city councils uh, like ours who cut NYPD funding, who uh, put um, policies in place that take away qualified immunity protections from our law enforcement, even when they're doing everything right, everything they were trained to do, following the guidebook, um, and, and hold them civilly liable if, if an accident were to occur. You know, this is something that has made it more difficult for someone to sign the dotted line to be a police officer. It's bad enough that they aren't being paid what they should. Then to not to have politicians that don't have their back on top of it has made the job, I think, very difficult and has led to a lot of uh, apathy among the ranks, which is why you're seeing these record numbers. We need to go back to supporting our police, giving them the tools they need, repealing ridiculous laws that allow criminals to be released back into the streets before a police officer who arrested them shifts is over. And uh, more importantly, with our words and our actions, politicians need to be more vocal in support of our NYPD. They should not shy away from that in order to support a radical left-wing fringe. Congresswoman, to your point, we just saw San Francisco DA Chesa Boudin uh, being recalled by a Democratic base in San Francisco uh, for his light on crime approach. Uh, you've just introduced a bill called uh, Prosecutors Need to Prosecute Act. Uh, tell us about this bill. Yes, yeah, so um, I think uh, that was another shock that occurred over the last week was that the people of San Francisco said they had enough is enough and that they recalled their prosecutor who refused to prosecute crimes was associated with a terrorist group. Um, the reality is that why run for prosecutor if you're not going to do the job of actually taking bad guys off the streets? Uh, and so I think this is just the beginning. I think people are awake, awakening and they're seeing that they that district attorneys who don't don't prosecute crimes need to be replaced that judges who ignore prosecutors when they do ask for bail to be set because somebody is dangerous uh when they when they ignore that will and they release people back onto the street that they need to be replaced and i personally brought this up with mayor adams the mayor has the ability to also appoint judges and we need to appoint more law and order judges 
you know, what good are having laws on the books if we're not going to be following them as a society? So my bill would bring transparency. It would require the prosecutors to, to disclose the information of how many people they are not charging, of, of career criminals that are being uh, released back onto the street. And it would give the information to the public so that way they can hold those prosecutors accountable. Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.